Black Ops on July 5th. One, there has been a malfunction in Project Flashlight with devastating results. at the grid control. Four. I've been sealed into the lab, so I have set up a gas device in the washroom, hoping to... Memorized, memorized by the button. <laughs> Welcome to Lost and Found and Rewound, a podcast that answers the question, what happens when an educator, a magical creature, and a businessman walk into a room with a plate full of Lido's pizza? You know what? I've been reviewing the old episodes. I listened to a couple on the way up here, and I think one of the reoccurring themes of this show is uh, what happens to your, your memory as you age so many instances there's at least one episode that is really made up mostly of us not being able to remember people's names <laughs> actors names it's amazing <laughs> well well that's part of the charm of this we don't even say our <laughs> own names on the show right. it's charm i'm chris lost i'm found jim and i'm rick rewound we did it we remembered <laughs> good job this, that's, uh, it's just all about self uh See, I can't even remember that word. <laughs> We're recording these episodes ahead of their release, so we work painstakingly hard to make sure we don't date them with references like, boy, we have a bad president, or we shouldn't have been in this war, or the third Star Wars film in the trilogy comes out this week. <laughs> that said, I'll give you a hint as to the vintage of this recording by saying we are all eagerly awaiting to discover when whether Han Solo will be reanimated in the upcoming third film in the upcoming Star Wars trilogy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Is that something that's... Okay. Let's not even go there. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that... Well, if I, want, if I truly want this to be timeless, I can't, can't say anything else. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe there's multiple trilogies. Lucas always talked about having multiple trilogies for the Star Wars films. Not always. That was something he started talking about after the first movie did well. <laughs> Please remember that. I've got a whole box of these stories. Yeah, this trilogy, tr three trilogy malarkey started much, much later than he, he's letting on. And now after all that bullshit about trying to make this timeless, I'm going to go through the films that I've seen recently, which I think we've all seen recently. The Irishman. Gentlemen, have you seen it? Did you like it? I didn't see it. I saw it. And no, I did not like it. In fact, the more I think about it, the more angry it makes me. Interesting. Yeah. Angry. Angry. I think I'm, up, I'm getting close to angry about it. I think the use of... I just saw again a clip of freaking... 70-year-old men, 70-year-old man bodies with with 40-year-old faces trying to act. And it's, it got me so mad, like their movements and everything like that. Just like... When he throws the gun in the river, Dave Keith was pointing that out. He throws the gun in the river like he, he's like 90 years old, yet he's got a 30-year-old's body. <laughs> so, I, and, and that idea of old men refusing to let go. Why even bother getting Joe Pesci back? Why not just get a Joe Pesci Muppet to do all of those <laughs> scenes of I him thought it sitting, was Joe Pesci yeah, sitting at a table talking to people? Like, how much of that freaking movie is people just, sitting at a table in a restaurant talking to each other? Just bypass that and just get Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> Yoda? Freaking, you don't even know. You're not on social yeah. media. There's, 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 there's a whole Yoda nightmare now that you probably have no yeah. idea about. Yeah, Baby really? Yoda? Do you know anything no. about Baby Yoda? No. Jim? I'm busy watching, you know, my Pang Su videos. <laughs> which is, 
on YouTube. <laughs> They're I'm amazing. Not, I'm not completely. Did you send out of those to Chris? Did no, you send the pink Please, Chris? please forward them along. Oh, Chris, I see this worth it. He's a giant. Uh, well, he's from Antarctica, of course, because he's a penguin. But he lives in South, of course, South Korea now, and he works for the <laughs> children's broadcasting company or something. And he's just he a giant a penguin. Rough, very rough voice, not befitting a ten-year-old penguin. Ten-year-old penguin for children. He's, he's I've got to see this. Sing, oh, amazing. Pengsu, P-E-N-G-S-O-O. Oh, um, but it, it's all yeah, it's all in Korean. So, which <laughs> of course which, it is. Of course it but is, of course, Jim. Why would why, but, how why would you dare watch but, The Mandalorian when you could watch a Korean penguin? <laughs> yeah, but the magic is with our, Sorry, an our, Antarctic our, penguin in mm-hmm, Korea. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, the ma- magic of our day and age is that it's got auto-generated uh Korean subtitles and then you press another button and it automatically translates those uh, computer-generated subtitles into English. So uh, that's the part I couldn't double. get working. I was <laughs> yeah, like it, trying to trying to understand what was going on. You it, said, "Oh, the subtitles," but yeah, the, all I could get it, were the Korean subtitles. But you, you have, have to, to click do, again, and then wow. it'll, it'll. So it's a double translation. translation. So it oh. makes absolutely no sense that's at all. Would be the best. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> right. It, it's definitely there's no grammar at all. So every once in a while, there's like some words that make sense, you can tell, it gives you a clue of what they're talking about. But it doesn't, you don't really need to know what, it's just, Send it's it very visual. I've got to watch it. Yeah, and to, to go back to the Irishman, I, I, I'm remembering like Hugo, the, the Scorsese movie, there's, there's a small section of Hugo where he recreates, uh, is it, no, Millet's, not the Lumaire brothers, uh, George, George Millet's uh, right. studio. It's like a little 10-minute miniature film inside of Hugo. Right. That's amazing. It's where, like... Where the, the the bullet gets in the moon's eye. That, yeah, 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 all that. Yeah. That's amazing. And then the rest of the movie is okay. But, and, and I'm trying to remember that, that equivalent of that in The Irishman. There's, there's some scene in The Irishman where it's just like, okay, this is why I'm watching it. But like the rest of it is just... It just felt like why... I think it would be great to see these, these older guys in a movie playing old guys going like, in style like put them in going in style harry and tonto harry and tonto exactly <laughs> think of art carney and yeah harry and tonto there's all sorts of examples the in-laws <laughs> the in-laws well they weren't those guys weren't those that old at the time were they? Age, yeah oh, um oh god oh god <laughs> oh god now yeah. you're starting ben, to push it benji, benji. No. <laughs> he was really old right benji. the dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think by the end, maybe not the first one. I was such a dumb kid that when I watched movies like Benji, I think it was like a Rin Tin Tin or something, and the credits came up over the dog. I started crying because I thought the credits were going to hurt the dog. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a troubled child. I watched, speaking of uh, Disney Plus. Nobody brought up Disney Plus. Yeah, you brought up Baby Yoda. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't drop didn't drop the name of the uh, streaming service that's oh. a pox on our existence <laughs> whoa no sorry <laughs> that's hardcore i still haven't gotten my family to watch cat from outer space yeah that's they that's refuse. why you're so angry i am angry you love disney plus it's got cat from outer space on it well i haven't watched it yet i haven't gotten my family that's not to disney watch. plus's problem yeah. got- they've made it available to you I haven't finished the novelization either, though. I've, I've really yeah. dropped the ball on that. I got the, the book, but yeah. I've not finished it. So we expect a book report by next <laughs> next episode. <laughs> and Chris, when is your book report coming? I still haven't finished that book yet. It's in my bag. <laughs> All right. El, Cam- El Camino. Did you guys watch El Camino? Oh, yeah. Did you like it? You know what? Felt it was freaking like the Irishman of Breaking Bad. I mean, what? it's just a bunch of stuff. What was, it was just a bunch of scenes. I really felt very little He's watching on, that. It was nice, nice to see Robert Forster before he died and getting another acting gig. That was nice. Yeah, I was I like Robert was, Forster. I thought he was dead. I was like, boy, is he in this? I thought he, he died. He died like a week after it came out, I think. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing. They didn't cover any new ground in it. Definitely. Now, I keep telling, saying how much I dislike these, but you, are you just too terrified to say that you like them because of how how angry I am about them. Um, wait, which ones did I like? like? The I, I like the Irishman. Yeah. I did like the Irishman. Mm-hmm. It was a, a nostalgic journey for me as a young Italian boy who grew up watching all these Italian actors set bad examples for what I thought a man was supposed to be. 
uh, you know, as I find out later that they're supposed to be playing bad characters where I was like, right. oh, these characters, this guy's great, gets his gun in his sleeve and he just whips it out. And anyway, it was good to see all the old guys together again. And it just kind of reminded me, I just sat there being nostalgic. So, oh, this is like Casino and this is like, yeah. but then I thought at the end of it, I was like, Wolf of Wall Street's a thousand times better than this movie and I'd much rather watch that. Did you like Wolf of Wall Street? I, I, I liked it. Um, the Howard Johnsons, that was what really got me. I, I was talking, I think I was talking over Thanksgiving. I said the thing that I, I, I started talking about it to, uh, uh, Jim over here and, and our, our cousin. And I was saying, well, the best thing about the Irishman was seeing the recreation of the Howard Johnsons. <laughs> and I started getting chills when I was talking about it because it looked so much like a Howard Johnsons that I would remember from like, like being four years old or something like it, it was a perfect recreation. And then I said, what did I say? I said something like that should not be the thing from a Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie that gets me the most excited is that is that so he's the, the amount of money that went into the production design and the computer CGI work to, to recreate just the exact shade of aqua and aqua orange and the building and, and the clothing, everything in that film was perfect time wise. Right. So that's an issue I often have with Martin Scorsese, like in what is it? Goodfellas when Robert De Niro walks into the bar in 1972 and they're playing sunshine of your love. Right. And it's just like that sends me that almost ruins, you know, Goodfellas for me. But, um, none of that happened in this movie. So all that, like, so accurate, but yet the the content of the, the movie, I just felt was a waste of time and the use of act. And it was like, oh, here, let's let's cash in. Let's get let's get a couple million bucks for all my friends. Us. Have you seen us? Yeah. Did you like it? I, the oddity of re. Uh, bringing back up Hands Across America, which I had totally forgotten about. This, that movie, just for that, I think it was worth it. I thought it was pretty good. Interesting. I greatly disliked us. I, yeah. th I thought it was, it felt like a s unfinished script. Definitely. I didn't quite understand the Hands Across America thing, like why, yeah, how it tied in. It's definitely a strange salad of ideas that that don't quite get together the, that whole back rooms meme or something like that there's some whole thing about how there are these these secret like the secret corridors in the movie there's some kind of online oh myth about that too so it, it might just be stuff we don't totally understand that, that was my other thought is that i just didn't need to talk to my brother-in-law about it because he tends to have to explain films to me and then i'm like oh i'm really stupid and then i kind of take a few months i'm like he was really reaching on some of those explanations. Exactly. Um, I watched two Richard Ayode. Is that how? A-Y-O-A-D-E? Ayoade. Ayoade projects. One was The It Crowd and the other was The Mandalorian. You guys recommend, you said I should watch The It Crowd. Did he, uh, IT Crowd. The IT Crowd. Did he direct a Mandalorian episode? No, he was the voice of a robot. Oh, oh, that's when I walk in the room and they're, the rest of my family is watching that show, that show on that channel. Um, With Baby Yoda that service, yeah, um, so cute. I recognize. I could. I couldn't place the voice. That's so. That must have been him. It was because I was okay. like, it was bugging me, and I'm like, who is that? And then um, maybe I hovered over it, and his name popped up or something. I forget how I discovered it. You used the force, but the IT crowd was fantastic. I loved mm -hmm. it. So yeah, yeah thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. I did my homework. Welcome to 2003. <laughs> <laughs> hey, takes time. Look, I just got to enter. Remember the Titans? Knives Out. Yep, saw that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love Knives Out. I liked it too. I, I also watched. So what I did is I went back and I watched Sleuth with uh, Lawrence Olivier and Michael Caine. Never seen it. Good. Either and I. It was not. I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I would. It, it was nice to see those two thespians <laughs> bouncing off of each other, but the I may have lost the thread, but it didn't feel as mysterious and complicated, as complicated as I thought it was supposed to be. What about Mousetrap? Have you ever seen that film? Saw it in the theater in 1981. I rented <laughs> it at Showtime Video. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Mousetrap? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, from I have, what I remember, I do not have an adult perspective on Mousetrap, though. I need to <laughs> go back and watch that. So the, that was the criticism: was that 
uh, Mousetrap was too similar to Sleuth. The guy who wrote Sleuth. Oh, I have my notes. This is important. The guy who wrote Sleuth is the guy who wrote Wicker Man. Oh. Anthony Schaefer oh. wrote Sleuth. So oh. that was a, con- a nice connection for all of us here. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Hmm. I, have you ever seen Martyrs? Hmm. No. I saw it a while. It's it's the most unnerving film I've ever seen in my life um, until I watched Free Solo. And Free Solo took the cake. Have you guys seen Free Solo? That's the guy climbing the mountain? Yeah. I couldn't handle uh-huh. the anxiety in watching that film was <laughs> insane. Then I watched 50 for 40 and a, a double feature, 50 for 40, which inspired me to watch the Vietnam War Ken Burns documentary. Mm, I watched that. And boy, that was grim. That documentary? Yeah. I, I can't rem- I, I remember not, not enjoying the process, even though I watched all, what is it, 12 hours? <laughs> It's, it's 10 it's, episodes, so 20 hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a grim slog. It was rough. Gentlemen, what other things have you consumed since we've last? But it's been a while. We had a we had one, two episodes where we had, had seen each other for a week, and now mm-hmm. we haven't seen each other for two months. months. Is it, has it been that long? <laughs> we didn't see each other in November. Wow, I've been in like a complete uh, haze. Yeah. That's yeah, probably the rest of my life, but... <laughs> Other than Peng Su videos, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's a, there's a lot of Peng Su videos, actually, but they're, they're only about nine minutes long. But there's a lot of them. But look, in fairness to Jim, there's a lot of Peng Su videos. <laughs> I can watch twenty hours of Vietnam. <laughs> I did watch uh, Smash Palace the last week, which I just did was sort of for homework, homework for this because it stars. It's an earlier movie by the star of this movie that we watched t- tonight, and I'd never seen before because. It's just another New Zealand movie. Is it good? Yeah. Well, it it mm, is it yeah. good for a New Zealand movie? <laughs> oh yeah, it, it, it's interesting. But I like this movie better that we watched tonight. But how I just dare was, you put down the people in New Zealand? <laughs> I, I uh, it's it's just kind of it didn't work exactly. Well, he he's like a kind of a. Uh, what what is it? He, he well, he's just a uh, a very unlikable character, and I, I watched part of it with the the director commentary track too, and him talking about basically what he was trying to do was like how you know it was it was an exercise in trying to make this unlikable character likable, or he feel you know sorry for him in a way, and it didn't. It, it didn't. He's really. just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but it's an it's still a it's a, a good movie, a dr- dramatic movie, but completely different than he he's completely a different character than he plays in this movie that we watched tonight. But I don't know. Was, we can get to that later. But All right, yeah. Well, we're almost there. I did have a question about New Zealand. Um, I was thinking about how a lot of the podcasts I listen to are from New Zealand. Mm. Wasn't there a New Zealand indie rock craze at one point? Weren't there a lot of... The yeah. clean, right? Are they from New Zealand? Did you ever play with or yeah. tour with any New Zealand bands? The guy from... Uh, Oh yeah, uh, Galaxy Five Hundreds from New Zealand, right? Right. He moved to the U.S. So am I getting the chills and the clean confused? Yeah, sure. What was that band we played with in uh, at the Knitting Factory, like in like the early nineties? Oh, oh. Belter Space. Belter Space. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're from New Zealand. I yeah, think. yeah, but they moved to New York. They right. were in New York when, and that's why he was there. Yeah, I've forgotten his that's name now. Dean Wareham. Dean Wareham. Yeah, was, yeah. we met him back because he, he was, knew them. Yeah, because yeah. he was from New Zealand. Because everybody from New Zealand knows each other. It makes yeah, sense. It's, <laughs> it's about the size of Western Springs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like being from Iceland. <laughs> so let's just keep talking to alienate the, the lovely people of New Zealand. <laughs> let's pick out every country we can. The only other New Zealand filmmaker I know is Peter Jackson. Guys like yeah. Peter Jackson. Sure. Dead alive. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> Have you watched the early Peter Jackson films? Yes. Yeah. Bad Taste. Bad what was, Taste. What's the good one? The one about Dead the, Alive. The, Dead Alive. The true yeah. story. The oh, the two girls. girls. Yeah. The beautiful. Oh, that's a great beautiful movie. Beautiful. Heavenly creatures. Heavenly something creatures. Something one of those creature one of those movies, movies, right? Something yeah. like that. In the past week, I've seen The Conversation, Dead Ringers, and Blue Velvet. Ooh. <laughs> Just fed to me. <laughs> Dead Ringers, man. That's, that's I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, have you watched it lately? No. Yeah. Is it bad? Does no, it age? No, it's good. It's 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 okay. Jeremy Irons though, boy, 
man, why? What happened? Why did he not become the greatest actor? He in the won world? an Oscar for did that. Did he win film? it for yeah. for that film? Okay. Best actor. Well, that's good. He he got his due. I saw him, like, I watched, you know, there's a bunch of those shows, like, there are ones in America, too, and there's the British ones, and it's like, the British ones are called Who Do You Think You Are, and where they trace your ancestry, mm. the one in America, I don't know what the, the I can't remember this. Oh, yeah, the, with Henry Louis Gates. Yeah, yeah. where they just, you, they just find interesting people that mm. you're related to and everything. Right. So there, I watched one of the British ones, and it was with Jeremy Irons, and yeah, he comes off very strange, or just, yeah. just a... I can see why he's maybe not in movies. He's just right, right. kind of an oddball. He's like yeah. riding around on his motorcycle with his dog. He's got these two weird dogs, and he's, <laughs> he's got this weird like touring motorcycle, and they're like sitting on the back. Or he's got this thing that he built, and he, and he's smoking these like those those cigarettes, those like thin cigar cigarettes, those black little kind of like not cheroots, you know, like like uh-huh. uh, Clint Eastwood would cigarillos. Smoke, but, yeah. yeah, they're more like. Virginia refined. Slims. Yeah, they're black. They're the dark cigarette, little thin little cigarette things, and he's lighting those up constantly. And but he just comes off as very strange. And it's very that's, entertaining. That's but, good to know. That yeah. yeah. So maybe it's not really acting. That's just yeah. the way he is. He had a sexy film stretch. Do you remember that? Like it seems like mm-hmm. there was a series of films after Dead Ringers where he yeah. couldn't the do one, a film unless he was being sexy. In it. Yeah, the one where he played Klaus von Bülow, right? <laughs> right. Very sexy. He did Lolita, right? Didn't oh, I forgot about Lolita? that. Is he in, he's, wow, okay, yeah, I, I just got a review. I know he's in The Watchmen, The New Watchmen, but I haven't oh, seen that. Oh, he is. That. I'm going to watch that. Um, Speaking of Disney+, Plus, my family's been watching um, the old Star Wars films. Yeah. And they had A New Hope on, and I was like... What's, which one is that? I've never heard of that. The very first one. <laughs> It's the only one you think's good. What are you talking? You're talking about the one, the one with the little kid in it. Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Wars. You're talking yes. about Star Wars. Star okay, Wars, yes. <laughs> the one that was Star Wars until George Lucas said it was called A New Hope, and right, and retroactively made a part ones. of a trilogy that right. he made up after the film was a hit. A nine a G. Yeah, yeah, nine a G. <laughs> um, but I, the, my thought was this thing looks terrible. And then the CGI, the added scenes came in with like the mm. Millennium Falcon took on. I'm like, that looks great. Where are there? And I was like going, where are the other added scenes? Because the rest of this thing looks like shit. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, Chris. <laughs> it does. I'm serious. Like I used to be. I was like the nerd. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Just, you know, tear this film apart. And then, and then we watched something on YouTube that shows, um, Somebody took special effects and made the Vader Obi Wan Kenobi lightsaber fight the way they would make it today, mm. and it's badass. And I'm like, <laughs> man, that film just sucks. They need to just redo the whole thing. He just needs to do a whole digital overlay of the whole. Uh, I'm film. sure in our lifetimes it will happen. <laughs> it's great. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Any other films? What did um, you watch, Rick? You watched stuff. The, converse, the, the conversation. The conversation. I, I watched that again. Man, I, that's a great movie. I that's love cool. that movie. Cindy that, Williams? Cindy Williams. And that transparent raincoat. Transparent <laughs> raincoat that I think I already went on a rant about that, right, in an earlier episode. Maybe not. <laughs> um, uh, Maybe it was a... Just, just using Gene Hackman from that movie in Enemy of the State, Tony Scott. It's the first instance of someone making a inside reference, you know, like a mm-hmm. film school reference to the con- like f- the conversation in their movie, but it's such a superficial and crappy reference that, you know, they use pictures, Gene Hackman's in this movie, Enemy of the State, and they use pictures of him from the conversation, and then one of the characters in Enemy of the State has the same trench coat that, that plastic coat as Gene Hackman does in the conversation, and, but there's no... There's no meat to that reference. It's just like superficial. Like I've seen the conversation and I've got enough money to make a big motion picture and hire Gene Hackman. And so I'm going to make all these references to a good movie, even though they, they have no value in this new movie. Anyways. <laughs> Is it like the red balloon that flies into frame during Pulp Fiction? That's a reference to that French film. The, the, the red, red balloon? balloon? Yeah. <laughs> Cindy Williams. Beautiful. Uh, Terry Gar is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, Han Solo. See, I can't remember his real name. Harrison Ford's in it. In the conversation. Robert Duvall really? is in the conversation. Yeah. John Cazale. Is that how you say his name? 
before he died the the god the guy from godfather uh what's his name the the stupid right guy oh fredo fredo yeah isn't it cindy williams cindy <laughs> williams is in it yes uh frederick Forrest. don't get off the boat when you were saying uh transparent raincoat i thought that's the scene in blade runner oh right yeah the most it's more of like a kind of like a foggy raincoat oh where you see uh she yeah. gets shot in the belly. Yeah. And, and then you see the, the heavily bearded stuntman stumbling <laughs> through the glass. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's Joanna Cassidy and then all of a sudden it's like a like a truck driver in a clear raincoat running through the window. That's my favorite part of, of that scene. Is where you, where the, the stunt man, it's not even a stunt woman, it's a stunt man as her. Blue Velvet, I, I remember having a discussion with a, a film. Uh, professor about how it had not aged. He realized that he should stop recommending Blue Velvet. Yeah, I thought that too when I saw that a few several years ago. I was just I, was, I just thought I wasn't in the mood, but yeah, I was like, oh, I used to. I was a little uncomfortable. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but Dennis Hopper, man, yeah, and he's great. Uh, Dean Stockwell, man, it's oh, yeah. just just that. So it's not like he's playing a bad guy, and you can accept that a bad guy does bad things. Oh no, I'm not saying that that Dennis Hopper's the problem. I just think overall the the movie. Just, I remember thinking, yeah, it was like when I saw it again after yeah. 20 years, it was like kind of corny. It was just like, oh, this, you know, I, oh, when I first saw it, it I was like, oh, oh this not, is a crazy movie. It was really scary. And then when I saw it again, I was like, it's oh, kind of silly. You're but, not saying it's troublesome. No, you're just no, saying it's, it's a little really troublesome. Well, maybe I guess. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I was Ebert always different. hated it. He said it's 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 abuse like yeah. uh, what's her name's being abused in the film yeah like, isabella rossellini <laughs> he's, he's he, ebert always said this this is a, an atrocious movie and and it feels like we're watching an actress being abused and then i'm i'm almost done with season two of the rockford files <laughs> so it's like 24 <laughs> episodes a season so this is this is intense but the more i watch it the more i realize that wow the the big lebowski is I th- I think it's them smoking a bunch of weed, watching every episode of the Rockford Files, and then plopping, saying, <laughs> "Well, what if our friend was was Rockford in the Rockford Files instead of James Garner?" I, I'm, that's my theory. I'm over- it's kind of like the cat from outer space ET theory. This is my cat from outer space ET theory: is that Big Lebowski is basically the Rockford Files. You know, Mandalorian's kind of like <laughs> kind of like Big Lebowski, where the character never seems to succeed he's mm. constantly being defeated wow which yeah. is something i remember from big lebowski is that a rockford files thing too well no the, the, he, succeeds. he succeeds it's just right? more of the complex odd um you know kind of take on film noir kind of updated it just mm. feels and but humorous too it's la la he's like wandering around yeah or yeah he just gets caught up and yeah and it's just low level yeah, it's not Hollywood. There's nothing right. glamorous about it. Yeah. I loved it when I was a kid. I don't remember yeah. a second of it. I should just watch it. That and Columbo, I just love to watch those yeah. shows. Uh, yeah. When I get through nine seasons of Rockford Files, I'll start on Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, the film we watched tonight is The uh, Quiet. Or, oh, do you have I'm more? Sorry. No, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> you were about out of time. I figured we should at least say a few things about it. Nope. No time. <laughs> It's The Quiet Earth, a 1985 New Zealand film. Jim, do you have a synopsis? This was your choice. Well, it's about this guy who's a scientist, and he wakes up one day and... Naked. S- naked, yeah, because it's New Zealand. It's that Full kind frontal. Of, it's one of those foreign movies. And uh, yeah, yeah, he slowly realizes that he thinks, well, he thinks he's the last person on Earth. He's involved in this science project that has gone awry. Everybody has seemed to have disappeared, and he's wandering around, and then... Lo and behold, well, should, you know, obviously, there's, there's going to be spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that would be, <laughs> that's only the first uh, act, whatever. Yeah. And then 20, there's 34 year old movie. Isn't that? Yeah. I'm calking that right. But a, a, 35. Not, a, not a well-known movie, I don't no, think. No. No. But he's not alone. He finds a few other people and it's all about the dynamic between, well, basically three people. It's like two men and a woman and they are, it seems to be the last people on earth and it's a science fiction movie, and but it's the reason why I picked it. I, I liked it as when I saw it as a kid, not a kid, but sixteen or seventeen years old. It, it was. It's one of those good science fiction movies that you know. It's not just a 
a Western or a war movie with people with stuck stuff stuck to their face, you know, rubber on their wearing masks and things. and Or an alien cat or... <laughs> right. Yeah, well, let's not go... <laughs> or an alien. Yeah, alien. Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to bring it up again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just a crazy typical sci-fi movie. It's a little more you say introspective. Cerebral Absolutely, sci-fi. absolutely. It's, but it's it's current day, right? It's not yeah. a futuristic yeah. sci-fi. Film. I guess, yeah, but it is. They yeah, are but it is use. fiction. It is science fiction, though. It is fiction. Well, it's I, present day. I think it takes place in the 1980s. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's a period piece. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're you're it's a, yeah. It's no, a I knew it's what a cost, you meant. costume drama. <laughs> it's a sci-fi 1980s. They nailed. They really nailed 1985 Man, New yeah, Zealand. Gave me so. chills. Sunglasses. There are at least three <laughs> different. The Howard Johnsons. Yeah. The New Zealand Howard Johnson is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. It was a million. The thing that blew me: a million-dollar budget made two million dollars, so mm-hmm. it doubled its its uh, its well, cost. That was my curiosity about it. So New Zealand film, right? So that industry small, mm-hmm. right? Before. Yeah. Peter Jackson basically. Yeah, you know, I watched. Well, I watched the the commentary track, and it's the producer, and he was talking about. Oh, at the beginning, he's like, "Oh, and this 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 is so and so," and he's like, the, "He's the his brother in law," and every it's like everybody was married to each other, knew, <laughs> knew each other on this film. Or I think, yeah, it's definitely a small community. But but how much you know the production quality and the amount of yeah the the stunts it was like yeah, a higher level than than the original Mad Max, right? You look at Mad Max. Right, mm-hmm. the first Mad Max, uh, Australia, yeah. because of course, since we're talking about a New Zealand film, we got to talk about an Australian film I was for so comparison. But <laughs> it, it seemed like the higher budget, you know, much higher budget than what I would think of as a Antipodean. Would that be right? Uh, <laughs> film, independent film from the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, it looked great. It looked fantastic. I, you know, earlier before we started recording, uh, Rick, you jumped on me for saying that they were Australian. I, th- what, I said something <laughs> about shrimp on the Barbie. Or forget, I, I said some some reference to Australia while we were watching the film. You said that was a cardinal sin. But you didn't catch, you know, maybe because you guys don't go to Las Vegas a lot, but <laughs> um, when we were talking about the full frontal opening scene, I said Thunder Down Under, which is actually an Australian strip, uh-huh. strip <laughs> a scene that happens in Vegas. Uh, okay. So I thought you'd get on me for that, but I forgot. Maybe you don't know what that is. Yeah. Thank you for <laughs> opening our eyes. We'll all have to go. That'll be one of our field. In, in tribute to the quiet earth, we'll go watch an Australian male strip act. <laughs> I feel like I've already gotten... Pretty much all I need from from this film. It's a lot of full frontal male nudity. There was in this film. Yeah, they were it's, not afraid. It's Bruno. Yeah, Bruno Lawrence is the uh, the main character, and he's definitely well. I guess he was sort of a uh, hard drinking, you know, kind of womanizing kind of guy, like fist fighting kind of guy, and that's the characters he played in movies. And so this was his first. This was totally against his typecast, you know. So that was kind of the novelty of it too. He was. They, I think they kind of enjoyed having casting him. And he's just a scientist guy, and he's kind of the well. The other guy is the macho. The other male lead is the, Phil the real man. Yeah, the macho guy. And you're right. It was <laughs> Phil Lawrence, Phil Leno, and Bonnie Raitt <laughs> in the role of their lives. <laughs> who do you know who the other people were? I don't have those notes. Mm. I don't think. Well, they're they're all. He's the the Maori guy. Yeah, Maori is that how you say it? Yeah, Ma- Maori. Yeah. Um, has been in a couple other. Yeah, and he was in the movie with the guy who in this movie who's beating and killing him. He was in a movie, and Bruno Lawrence. They were all three of them were in another movie, an earlier movie that's a period piece, like a early nineteen, like nineteenth century New Zealand uh, movie about Maori, Maori, you know, Aborigine kind of. Can I ask an ignorant question? Is that so? That guy was in Indigenous, Indigenous, yeah, Indigenous, my right, the third character. Yeah, he's character. Yeah, it's Maori. They're called the Maori. They were the. Uh, they, 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 yeah, they're not as like the Aborigine, Aborigines in Australia have been there for like 60,000 years or something, but the Maori are much more recent. They're like Polynesian yeah, travelers. Those, the, you know, all the islands, they, they kind of settled in New Zealand like a thousand years ago or something way more recently than Aborigines, but not that that means, I don't know what that means, but they're, they were, they were there when the Europeans got there. And so there's all that racial tension. Tension in New Zealand is the Maori and the white people. So that's part of the movie too, that it's 
it's a white man. Yeah. And he's a Maori and the white woman who she's, she's a redhead. You know, that, that's the other thing he talks about. I didn't, I didn't pick up until I watched the commentary track. And the producer's talking about that where he mentions it, calls her something. It's like they're ginger. No, it's, it's daughter. She, of he Satan. says she's like one of the, they're like the, you're like the redheaded people from so-and-so. And it's like some kind of Maori legend of these redheaded people that oh. was before, Europeans came to New Zealand, but so that's why they cast her. He wanted, like the director, I think it was part of that, he wanted to tie into this Maori legend of redheaded people, this ancient, these, these mysterious redheaded people that they have all these, these stories about, folk tales about. So that's a reference that he makes in the movie, but that's why she was cast, or why she has red hair. Well, for a film that was drawing on local history and local tensions or you know whatever mm-hmm. in the po- local politics or local sociological nuances i thought it was very well explained like it you didn't have yeah. to know new zealand to know this film yeah. it was a pretty straightforward film but then they were putting things in there like there was that point where he was worshiping or chanting or whatever in front of the grave of of somebody and i thought like it was a nice clearly that was a nod to the that culture yeah um, and they're staying in that that house is like some kind of traditional kind of community house it's like all the carvings they're all over new zealand i think i don't know what those are called but that's that night they're staying in one of his yeah it's like his people's house or something you know and yeah there's the graveyard that in the back yeah so they have the colonial type mansion and then they have a modern house and then they have the maori yeah house yeah so they're they're going yeah they're doing yeah there's there's stuff going on and yeah, all that is, I think it's very obvious to a New Zealand audience, but yeah, but being American, yeah, you can still pick it up. It's, it's, a, it's like, it's a pretty simple film. I mean, it's, there's not a, well, at the beginning, there's not a lot of dialogue, obviously, but it's, uh, <laughs> but once two more people show up. It is, but there's a lot, he talks to himself quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays what? a little saxophone. <laughs> he does a little saxophone. Perfect 80s moment. How did you, how did you, dare I ask a person who's just given me a lecture about a Korean penguin, but how did you find this obscure (laughs) film, Jim? I've, I don't remember. I mean, I, I definitely watched it sometime back, you know, like probably rented it in the late eighties or I didn't see it in the theater, but I feel like it's another Ebert Siskel kind of recommendation. Yeah, I'm sure I I saw it on TV. Yeah, them. It definitely would have been on their show, probably. It was pretty. I think it was pretty successful in America, though. Like, like it foreign films, as far as foreign films go. I think that year it, it actually did pretty well. Or from what the the producer in the commentary track said, it was like he was surprised when they finished. Everyone thought they they kind of were unhappy with they were thought they hadn't pulled it off and it made a dog of a movie and were like, oh, this is no, this is just going to disappear and then. It did reasonably well and internationally, I guess. It made ten thousand dollars its opening weekend, and then went on to double its budget. Hmm. So that's you know a million yeah. dollars at New Zealand. You could buy New Zealand for a million dollars. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, I I think I've seen this movie before because I remember the ending, but I mm-hmm. remember none of the rest of it. It's really <laughs> interesting. So it must have been you could have walked yeah. in on Jim watching it. I, yeah, I watched. Possible. I definitely watched it with you guys with the band okay. at some point. So we did watch it. Was it probably yeah. I was like, oh, you guys you have to watch this movie. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, where I where I picked it up. So the green. Um, it, it, well, it reminded me also. There's around the same time another New Zealand movie. It was called The Navigator. Oh yeah, which it's called. It's like The Navigator, a medieval odyssey, and. That's a crazy movie. Which is, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, it's like a few years later, but it's New Zealand. I think it might be Australian too, like a co-production sort of thing. But that I had, I remember hearing about it when that came out, and I never got to see it until several years later. But, but I, yeah, enjoyed that too. This, the Quiet Earth I like more, more, but it's sort of similar. It's well, that's a time travel. It's not really a sci-fi movie, but it's a very simple, probably not a very big budget, and it, but it's it pulls it off. It's just a a really interesting movie or just proves you don't need much to to make a dramatic, really successful movie. I don't know. Wait, when did The Navigator come out? I think 1988. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different time travel. There's another, yeah, well, yeah, I'm not sure. There's a recently or a couple, five years ago, really great low-budget time travel film. Mm-hmm. I have to remember what it is. Mm-hmm. Here's a great question that we've asked on other episodes because it is in, it's inspired another question. 
So the first, the question is, what character are we most like? And it's great because there's three characters and there's three of us. And it reminded me that Runaway Train was one of Jim's selections where there's three characters. Characters, interesting. Jim, there seems to be a pattern in your films. I guess it's just, yeah, that's three is as many people as I can keep track of at any one time. You know, I can't. In a movie, yeah. <laughs> it's too complicated otherwise. I don't know. So it seems like a perfect. Yeah, it perfect. is perfect. I think a narrative. Yeah, a table, people. tripod. Yeah, the stool, S- stable, sure. three, three legs, three points make a plane, <laughs> triangle, three points make a movie. So you have conflict, right? But you don't have so many people. Yeah, you just could have one storyline with conflict, mm-hmm. and it's not just conflict between two people. I'm sure there's. What's his name? Who's the guy who write who does the uh, script writing workshops? Probably has a whole discussion about like a master class. Yeah. But it's Aaron the famous Sorkin? guy. No, no, it's the famous guy who before. So Jim, which character would you compare yourself to? The obvious, yeah, I guess, would be the Bruno, the scientist. I would probably relate to the most. That's the thing about yeah. It's like at the beginning of it, it's well, you see, I, I, it's hard to tell because well, you you learn more about most about him in the movie. I guess he he's the, the so, most fleshed out. Yeah. yeah. But I'm trying to think. I guess what, the the guy killed. Yeah, you hear. There's a little bit about killed, him. But yeah, part of it. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's like a guilty thing to say. You know, it's like watching this movie. It's like part. Is it just me or you know? It's like you know, part of you think it's like that would be great. You know, it's like if that happened. You know, for a little while, it's like oh, this is kind of neat. You know, and then you think oh, you know, and then oh, it wouldn't be that great. You know, and it's kind of he kind of goes through that. It's like. He's kind of despondent, and then he he kind of lives it up. Or it's like they say it's like a kid in a candy store, and it's like oh, you know, yeah. But then he gets despondent again, and everything. But yeah, I like that. Then, yeah, I, I I definitely feel that. So here, okay. And, well, and then all uh, the the producer in the commentary track said that too. That's why so I was like, okay, so I'm not that strange. But he's like, oh, and this is like well, everybody, you know. It's that's like, yeah, the allure this. of every apocalyptic film, right? Is what would you do if yeah. you could have endless Twinkies? What, so, what would you yeah. do if all the liquor in the world was free to you? So instead of what character are you? This is the question I wrote down: Is where would you live if you were the last <laughs> person on Earth? Like, where would you go and and like where would your house be or yeah what town would you go to city you know maybe that would be because I, I don't know if these characters are necessarily yeah maybe I, I don't I, I, I identify with the scientist guy too is there there's no one in the world right except for people who died at the moment of the event yeah but it's more like just let's just say you're in an Omega Man situation you're in a in a quiet earth situation you're just last person on earth where do you go? Like, where is your house? You know, your last person on earth house. Like you can take over anything. You could go to the white house and live at the white house. Right. But it has winter. I would go, I'd have to go somewhere warm where I felt like I could get solar power going. (laughs) So New Zealand. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be hard to get to. Um, It rains, rains a lot there. Oh, that's true. I mean, Florida, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this would be a great question. (laughs) Disney world. (laughs) I guess not. All right. Let's move Wait, on. I would, I'd go to Epcot You'd center. go to the dome? Because You'd live in the center of the big dome? Yeah, because they have all that, you know, the, all that self-sustained food yeah. shit down there. I could eat off of that. Yeah. And you could just go to all the different parts of the world. You'd be like in the... Like, oh, yeah. Right, yes. Like, I could do beer that, around the world every day. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling Germany today. <laughs> right, exactly. We were recently there. We had... Um, Hibachi in in Japan. <laughs> it was authentic, one hundred percent authentic Japanese hibachi, where they sing songs from Frozen. If you go to Japan, they sing songs from Frozen and make little snowmen out of the onions. Wow, <laughs> where would you go, Rick? I, I, I have Jim answer first. Jim, now I realized uh, I... Korea. <laughs> Track down Pengsu. <laughs> or just yeah, find the 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 suit. Wear the Pengsu suit. <laughs> and wandering around alone with <laughs> the giant pink suit, penguin suit. That's uh, a great answer. <laughs> I do like architecture, so like pick cool houses, like, oh, like Falling Water. You know, we went to Falling Water and we were on tour once. In, that's in, Is it in Florida? <laughs> no, no, it's in Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah, cold. the Roby house came to my <laughs> mind, but then the winter thing was a problem. Yeah, What's, I don't mind. See, yeah, I don't mind winter, so. I'd move around, you know, you can travel around. And do like the but, Frank Lloyd Wright tour and just live in <laughs> each one of his houses mm-hmm. that still exists. 
we could do see that. Do you have gas? Only after I eat like a <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a different kind of gas. Green pepper pizza. I my I actually wrote down the question: Would there be enough resources on Earth for you to live the rest of your life? Oh yeah, it just wouldn't be. You know, you'd learn how to do. It. I mean, yeah. If there's, there's only one of you, canned food, no, of course. Yeah, you could probably live all the rest of your life. What a stupid food. question, Chris. <laughs> of course there would be. Well, but I mean, so you get, you need gas. How are you going to get gas? Because the pumps are powered, right? They they're not going to pump oh, anymore. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to. Yeah, you'd have to bicycle. Around. Yeah, that's like if you read the um, the zombie survival guide, they say that the you need a machete and a bicycle. Those are like <laughs> you would think you'd want a M sixteen or something. Right. That's the dumbest weapon. You need a right. Yeah, because you'd run out of supplies. A weapon yeah. that doesn't you know is sturdy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't you know run out of bullets and <laughs> and then you need something that's incredibly agile to get around. You definitely would have to choose where you're going to go early on. Right. Get get while the gas is still good and available and not, yeah, hasn't turned. And so then you drive to like California or something and then set up camp and then, yeah, you'd be stuck on your bike. <laughs> but then you're, you know, what if there's an earthquake? Then you're fucked. You, yeah, you so gotta California go is not so safer. good. Texas, oh, maybe. Earthquakes aren't a problem if you're not living in a giant building. So if you're, yeah. if you're just in a cave. Well, what well no, it, that's not good either. <laughs> what if it cra- the fault cracks and California falls uh, in the ocean? Yeah, that'd be pretty. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you go to Cabo Wabo and Cabo St. Lucas, <laughs> somewhere in Mexico, somewhere kind of park party? There's all the yeah. tequila you'd want. It might be good inland. Yeah, it'd probably be better inland. A little yeah. bit hurricanes and stuff. Right, just far <laughs> south enough, but not not hurricane area. Uh-huh. That, that would work. Nice. Yeah, hang out at Graceland. Yeah, I'd live in Graceland. That's my answer. <laughs> That's that is your, that's your answer. That's you, my answer. Okay, right. Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Ten, Tennessee, inland, warm enough. Yeah, that's good. That's little true. bit of history. Live like the king. History. Yeah. I, oh, that's a good one. I would like you that. Would you take up firearms? <laughs> I don't. Why would you need firearms? Well, because uh, one of the greatest features of Graceland is his, oh, right, right, is exactly. his target the, shooting <laughs> range. Right, shooting the. Uh, yeah, that's that could be. I guess that could be a hobby. Cinematography in this was pretty good too. Lots of good camera movement. I looked up the cinematographer, and it doesn't seem like he made a huge leap into Hollywood or anything like that. But there was some there was some nice camera movement in this this film. Again, yeah. for a movie that was independent. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the it, New Zealand Film and TV Awards, it won Best Film, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Screenplay Adaptation. Best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Best Production Design. It sweeped the New Zealand Film and TV Awards. But, I mean, how many films could they have made that year? Two? Again, so condescending, Chris. It's 1985. We're not talking about 2010 New Zealand, where they probably made, what, how many Lord of the Rings films could you make in a year? Ugh, yeah, that's that was the question I was asking. How many Lord of the Rings movie, movies can you make? I made it through one and a half well, there's six or seven. How it's, many of those? There's so many. How many of those? It's so so Hobbit ridiculous. There? Like three or four, right? Yeah. I thought there. I think didn't they make four of them? Is there four Hobbit movies? I think there <laughs> might have been. There might have done a double. Right, the last Hobbit movie was a double. I think so. Should this film be lost? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I think it's. Uh, like or all the things we said, it was like, it's totally, the production is great. You know, it's like shows you don't need a lot of money to, you know, make something compelling and thought provoking and all that. It, it's like, uh, it, it's just as kind of striking seeing it 30 years later, you know, as when I saw it, it it's like, uh, I think it's great. Yeah. It, it's so I, I think of Omega man when I think of this movie and Omega man, I love, but, the parts of Omega Man I love are the empty parts, not the parts where he's dealing with a large group of vampire people and everything like that, right? And, and, mm-hmm. You know, some of it's okay, but it, it is that desolate part. And this has got, yeah, much more desolation. And then there's not a lot more people. And it doesn't have as much hope. <laughs> that's Omega- so, of course, I love it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome, too. But Omega Man, that's when Will Smith strangled that... <laughs> 
uh, Doberman Pinscher or, or, or German <laughs> yeah, Shepherd? I, it is based on the same book. So there's there's Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, which is an interesting movie. Um, and then there's Omega Man, and then there's, yeah, I, I Am Legend. I, Robot? Oh, I Am, I am Legend. The they're, they're all the same from the same book. Whereas this this does is less, yeah, there's less of a vampire element. It's <laughs> so zombie, yeah, it's... It's nice to have all the elements of a zombie kind of Walking Dead type genre without the stupid zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, like uh, you can you can go through all. You don't have to waste time shooting zombies in the head, right? It's 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 goes down to the basic, you know, idea of you know what, yeah, what what do people do, you know, or what is yeah, what, what exactly what you're talking about, Jim is like oh. Sometimes, yeah. What it would it's be like nice. Richard, Richard, Richard Scarry says, "What do people do all day?" <laughs> right. Go back to that book, and then then the idea of like it, it, even that Twilight Zone episode with Burgess Meredith, where it, it's the end of the world, and he's deep in that library or that that vault, and <laughs> and he the whole world gets destroyed, mm-hmm. and then he goes up and he gets to get all his books, and he can just sit and read. But and then he breaks, he breaks his, his glasses, glasses, right? And and it's it's that that kind of idea of like the the the, the dream of not being bothered by anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to just have the world to yourself, but then the downside of that. But then it also talks about conflict. You know that basic idea of kind of my son is reading Lord of the Flies, and I tried to have a discussion with him about you know why. You know, the idea of that book, you know, people, I think I had this whole interesting, I'm sure this is the standard thing, but, you know, like the end of World War II and then all these veterans trying to, you know, just make sense of it all, you know, it was like expressed as a good versus evil thing, but it seems like some of the post-war literature, World War II literature is a lot about like, why do people kill each other and why are there conflicts and everything like that? And so this has has a little bit, is that just something natural, right? So Lord of Flies is, oh, is that just human nature to mm-hmm. to want to kill each other or to, to be tribal? And then this has that analysis in it too, right? Mm-hmm. With just three people, right? It so it's that basic conflict where you put three people and then you can analyze all of human conflict with just three, three people, right? Because mm-hmm. it's got man, woman, it's got race, and then it's yeah. got just the triangular tension mm-hmm. all there. And even like the... The scientist had somewhat of a uh, uh, gender fluidity about him, I thought. I don't know if that was a joke or if it was like actually him being an, being more himself now that he didn't have to account for people in society. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I love this film. I thought it was great. It's interesting. I was on a podcast two months ago and I referenced that exact same Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> um, which an no, evergreen. Which nobody knew about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, oh, it was so great. I had a student said, I've been, oh, no, it wasn't, wasn't Twilight Zone. I've been listening to, uh, what, was, what was Orson Welles' uh, The Shadow? I've been listening to uh, these old podcasts called The Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment. Where it was like, well, yeah, they weren't called podcasts back then, but it, it, it's kind of the same thing. You're right. Yeah, it the, was a podcast. The internet is just the mainframe yeah. all over again, and, and yeah. the, you know, radio plays are just podcasts. Yeah. So that Twilight Zone podcast was really great. <laughs> Which is, so we have all this technology now, so we can go back to doing things the way we did 50 years ago, mm-hmm. or 70 years ago. Um, should this film be found? So they, we always say, would you recommend this to a student you're teaching, a coworker? Um, sure. I absolutely would. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with this film. There's yeah. no nobody would think you were a weirdo for recommending this film. <laughs> yeah. Well there yeah, I think there's I weird so. stuff. There's there's some weird stuff in it. But no weirder than Terminator no. Yeah, or, right. Yeah, that's know. true. Um there's there's a full frontal male nudity <laughs> which you don't see often, but Yeah. Um the uh yeah, the I think just what we're discussing, the simplicity of it, right? And that idea of being able to make something and obviously there's, there's, I was just, I was talking about, you know, there, there is some money in the movie and there's great stunts and cinematography and everything like that. But the, the fact is, is that it's, it could be a student film, right? It's achievable. It's the kind of thing that could be achievable by uh, a group of students in this, you know, yeah. not maybe in that full complete form, but the idea of, oh yeah, you got three characters, 
you got empty streets. You, you got yeah. somebody, yeah, and stuff I, happening. I guess the, the idea, the thing I read about it, or the producer was talking about was the New Zealand, The it wasn't that hard to do, like in New Zealand, like to get those shots of the empty Auckland. A lot of that was filmed in Auckland, like they're down, right when he, he realizes he, he's wandering around and he, there's nobody around. And they're like on the main street in Auckland and he was saying, oh yeah, that was really easy. It's like no one, it, it was kind of a joke, I guess, that people, this happens to people, like like tourists and things. It's like people, or you wake up, Sunday in Auckland and go walking out and there's nobody there. It's like no one, New Zealanders don't go out on the weekends. It's like they don't work and everything's shut down. And it's like, so Sunday especially is like nothing, even in downtown Auckland, is it's, nothing's happening. So they still had to close off streets, but it didn't matter because there really wasn't anybody there anyways. So they, yeah, they just do it in the morning. That. So yeah. it's both, you know, admirable and uh, understandable that a third world country could produce a film like this. <laughs> okay, now you're, yeah, now you're, now I know you're joking. <laughs> you didn't know before? <laughs> All right. That's just a comment on what Rick thinks of me. So um, should this film be rewound? Would you watch it again? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, that's, we keep asking this question. It's kind of a dumb question, right? Because, like, we are watching them again. I mean, but then... But like, like, how long? Yeah, how long would you wait till watching it again, I guess? Like, this it was probably 20 years since the last time I saw this. and I would be excited to show this to my son if it were in a movie theater. I'd want to rush yeah, it that, out. Yeah, that's... I'd like to see it on a big screen. Like, the, the I've been lucky enough you know that that's the great thing about like in Chicago the the film center downtown is it's great to go to see movies you nor- normally wouldn't see in a theater you know you don't get to see you know you just have to rent them or something or see them online now and to see movies like this would be perfect to see at the film center I don't know if they'd ever show you know maybe they would maybe they have in the past but to go see I that's what I always remember going there is like it's just great to see stuff on the big screen that you just yeah. Otherwise, you would just be renting. Is this a cult film? Does it have a second life? Or is it a film that just did well, doubled its budget, and kind of got put know. out to tape? I think, and I think it's it's loved. I think people who know about it really like it. Can I you think. get it on Netflix? Uh, yeah. Or any of those any streaming sh- services? Sure, I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So what well, happened at the end, Rick? What were your... Th- my thought? Yeah. Yeah, and then Jim will have the right answer. Right. Um, the Leftovers, If you, have you ever seen that series? I haven't. Where uh, two or three percent of the people on Earth disappear. It's it's like mm-hmm. a it's kind of like the and it's about the people who are left. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think it feels like this film, if if it did not influence the leftovers, it sh- it should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that uh, when he was talking about multidimensional stuff or or like them leaving, so it's like. Um, but to me, it was like a uh, a jump alternate reality kind of jump and so when they died they went to this alternate kind of world right or parallel world right and so all the people who died at that moment kind of got deposited somewhere else Mm -hmm. this empty earth and then when he um triggered that event again he jumped to yet another and he's alone kind of in this alternate reality and the Which couple he seems is very in blissful in yeah and the couple well he feels like he succeeded and he also left the couple in that other reality so that means that life will start again there and then there might be a third reality where everybody else is oh this is where i now all my the light bulbs are going on I'm like oh i'm such a neat because they're so they're the adam and eve right of whatever that yeah. middle world is but then the other thing i thought was oh maybe that's purgatory yeah because mm-hmm. maybe nothing maybe because he even says he's like Maybe this is just some act of God, and yeah. I'm trying to draw a correlation between some experiment we were doing with the Americans, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's that we all died a certain way, and now we're stuck in this middle place. Right. Right. And then when he, when he sacrificed himself for the good of the couple, that's when he earned the right. Even though he, because yeah. he committed a sin by killing himself. Mm-hmm. So he goes to purgatory. Oh, yeah. And then by sacrificing himself for the good of that couple, even though he truly loves that woman, he then gets to go to heaven. There was something really creepy about how they all like to hug each other like they were in a cult every time they like <laughs> got together. Right? I Did think you it get was that? just supposed to be like so excited to see another human being. Yeah. 
Right. Been, well, you can always play it that way, but it's so just... You, you could call humanity a cult, I guess. A it death is. death cult. It is a cult. It is a death cult. What do you think, Jim? Were we right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I guess. And I can't add much to that. But yeah, the, there's definitely that at the end, yeah, that he's gone, it, that it, it is like purgatory. Yeah, like, or you're cycling through or like until you get things right or it's like Groundhog Day mm. or something, you know, like, and then, but yeah, the, the, the end, it's just, he's, he, the event, I think that right at, as it's happening too, it's like, it's early, you know, he thought it was going to happen the next day or and they're going to blow that thing up. And it's like, right when it starts going off. And so he dies the instant the event happens again. So he jumps, yeah, to another parallel universe or, or is the same, you know, he, it's just Saturn rising. So, you know, maybe he's on a moon of Saturn, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's somewhere else. He's jumped to another time and space and he sacrifices himself for the sins of the others. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's much like uh, someone who got a shotgun blast to his body in the earlier part of the film. If you remember correctly, <laughs> he shoots up Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh-huh. And the the tremor, they they kind of move just a few, like a a little bit away from each other, right? They all yeah. they all kind of jump. So the maybe yeah, he's just jumped to another planet. Mm-hmm. This reminds me that not to date this episode, but that with Don, Danny Aiello dying, and I'm thinking about Jacob's ladder. Danny Aiello died. Yeah. Just when did that happen? A couple of days ago. Um, oh. and uh, but yeah, the the whole idea of being. Yeah, when you're talking about purgatory or yeah, hell or heaven and everything like that, it was that stuff. Because I was watching, we, you had talked about how, like your moral in, in an earlier episode, Chris, you had said your whole moral outlook was based around it's a wonderful life or whatever. Yeah, right? that's what a good person is. Right, what a good person is. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, listening to this monologue, Danny Aiello talking about uh, oh, who is it? I can't remember the the philosopher, and then saying that that the demons are just angels in disguise, right? And and hell is it's burning away the things that you you're still clinging to or something like that is it's it's a really powerful thing but i realized oh wow maybe that's that's where my whole moral thing came from is this danny aiello chiropractor speech in jacob's Jacob's ladder Ladder? i don't remember danny aiello and jacob's ladder he's his uh, chiropractor he's the guy who's he's he's his angel he says you look like an angel you're my guardian angel or something like that one of the things i really liked about this movie is they did not overly simplify the characters in this film they the characters had depth they weren't just like this was adam this was eve this was good this was evil this is the comp like the conflict between them, the tensions between them were very complicated and the characters themselves were very complicated. As you pointed out, Jim, you kind of go on the journey of the guy who now is got, you know, rules the earth and what would you do? And that's kind of a fun thing. I actually mm-hmm. thought one of the things I thought was this zombie land, I think draws a lot from this film. I would be, I would not be surprised if the maker of those movies love this movie. Yeah. I need to watch zombie land again. And the new one was good? No. No, it was just no. the second. It was a yeah, re- repeat a remake, of the first yeah. one, and it wasn't as good as the first one. And boy, yeah, it is so, Runaway Train now. I'm thinking of, you know, John Voight on that train, riding off into the snow. and He makes the decision, right? He yeah. sacrifices himself for the other two, yeah. for the girl and, and the guy. Two, it's kind of the same same movie. Yeah. Yeah, Jim. When are you going to pick a different movie? What, what's <laughs> what is your let's what is your last film, or is this your last film? No, no. Your next film is The Hidden. How many people are in The Hidden, Jim? There's or, a lot of people. In the not hidden, all of them human. Yeah, there's actual aliens in that. We haven't done anything, have we? Genre esque, like horror genre. We haven't done any horror. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about good movies, right? <laughs> wow, <laughs> coming down on horror. Well, Martyrs, which I mentioned earlier, is one of the best films I've ever seen, and it is horrific. In fact, it, I considered it one of the worst films I'd ever seen until the last sort of 10 minutes of mm. it. And then okay. I was like, oh, I'll remember shit, this that. is brilliant. Okay. When you describe the kind of films you don't like to watch, Rick, though, I, don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend it to you. Does it involve lots of blood? Intense amounts of abuse and blood uh, uh, yeah. in just the most like horrific kind of ways. It's... It's, it's French like, ex, French extremists. It's just like a picture of a woman. Yes, yeah. Looking up and grimacing, <laughs> and that, and that is like that's a very that's a happy part. That's of the a movie. happy that's, photo that's there. One of, the good, one of the lighter moments. 
I guess that's this it. Is, this is one of those moments, Chris. You know, should you recommend a film? Well, I would never that. recommend <laughs> Martyrs to anybody. No, I, I, I consider it one of the best films I've ever seen. I would never tell anybody to watch it. Because <laughs> because for ninety five percent of it, you think you're watching Human Centipede two, and then for the last five percent of it, you're like, whoa, that was really that was an interesting opinion. To tie it all back in, The Quiet Earth basically gives you a very similar message with a lot less uh, abuse. <laughs> Lost and Found and Rewound is fully funded by Lost and Found and Rewound Foundation Funds. Lost and Found and Rewound does not use crowdfunding because our listeners have better things to do with their funding. There's no need to post reviews of Lost and Found and Rewound because our listeners have more valuable things to do with their time. In all sincerity, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate it.